This is Birth Confidential with TJ. In this week's episode of Birth Confidential, I want to take just a small break from birth stories and talk with Dr. Amanda Richardson. She's a perinatal and pediatric chiropractor in Goodlitzville, Tennessee. And I found what she did so interesting and helpful that I wish I would have known about this type of chiropractic when I was expecting. So hopefully you get something out of this episode as well. Here's a little background on Amanda. So I am a chiropractor and a lot of people don't realize that there are different specialties or realms of chiropractic really. Um, A lot of people just kind of think of the traditional style of chiropractic, but it's really evolved over time to now there's all kinds of different um, sections, factors, specialties. So I deal with perinatal care and pediatrics. So dealing with pregnant women, well really prenatal, Um, perinatal and even postpartum because women don't get a lot of postpartum care and we need it. And then working with the babies and pediatrics after um, women deliver. So that's really what I specialize in, which made me so excited you were doing these podcasts. Well, I wanted to step outside the realm of just telling birth stories for this one and just talk about like maybe why someone who's pregnant would want chiropractic care and what the benefits are for them and probably something that I should have done but didn't do because I'm not as educated enough on it to know that that was something that could benefit me. Well, that's something else that I like do with patients that I think is important is um, like birth consultations. So I, I try to be there as more of like education too, because we as women like don't get a lot of education on being pregnant at all. Like we learn how to make babies. Like we have all the <laughs> I don't even know if I'm still sure how I made the baby. <laughs> right. So much education, like sex education. But then it's like, well, women, you're on your own once you're pregnant. You know, we get no physical education on the actual um, development and pregnancy and birth. So I do a lot of consultations with patients, just talking to them about all their options, providers. So like a birth team, if you want to use a doula, if you want to use a midwife, if you want to have a home birth, you want to do it in the hospital. So yeah, I just thought that was so great to get this information out there because so many women don't know what their options are. Yeah, I wouldn't have known. So would you be a part of the birth team and go to the actual birth if they wanted you to? I can't. Yeah, I can't go. If they have a hospital birth, it's different via different hospitals if um, they'll allow me to be there. Especially now with COVID, you have a certain number of people that can be in the room and going into the hospital. So hospital births, not so much right now. But if someone's having a home birth, water birth in a birthing center um, and they wanted me to be there, I absolutely would go. So yeah. And what would someone who's having prenatal care expect going to a chiropractor? So I usually always talk to patients about um, if you're going to get prenatal and perinatal care, you need to find a Webster certified chiropractor because that really is the specialized chiropractic care for pregnant women. And Webster's is a tailored protocol that's One, balancing the pelvis, so adjustments of the pelvis, but in a more gentle and specific way. Mm -hmm. And then um, working with the muscles and soft tissues to help balance your pelvis, take tension off the uterus, and then just give you a better, more pleasant pregnancy, but also help with birth outcomes when it comes to actually delivering, just to make sure your body's more prepared. 
for that when it comes. I definitely could use some preparation. That's for damn sure. <laughs> Are there any risks involved with it? You know, really there's not. I know it's kind of hard to say no side effects whatsoever. Yeah. Um, obviously, if someone doesn't know what they're doing, <laughs> then yes, that could that might cause some harm. But really, if you go to a, a Webster certified doctor, they know what they're doing. They do things the right way. There really isn't any harm in balancing yeah. the musculoskeletal system in preparation for birth while the baby's developing. There really aren't many negative side effects to that at all. So how often would someone go to get treatments? It depends, you know, as you go through care. So obviously less often the first and second trimester because um, you're not, you know, the baby's not growing as rapidly, but especially once you hit um, the third trimester, you want to be going a little more often because your body is changing at such a rapid rate, even every single day. Um, things changing, shifting, moving, the baby's doing circles, he's kicking, all kinds of stuff. You know, getting a consultation or exam, maybe during your first trimester, make sure everything is optimal, um, nervous system's functioning well. And then um, maybe once a month during second trimester, but once you hit that third trimester, like once a week, and then when you get close to due date, every other day, especially if a woman's in breach. So that's something oh, that's yeah. with not turning the baby, specifically, but working with the mom's pelvis and her anatomy to foster a better environment for the baby to be able to turn. This might be a really stupid question, but the only times I've ever been to a chiropractor is just to get an adjustment. So seems real silly, but the only thing I can picture in my head is going to a chiropractor laying on my stomach and I'm like, is there a hole in the bed? Right. <laughs> no, that's a great question. Um, actually, one I even had when I was going through chiropractic school, and I knew that this was something that I was really interested in. I was like, guys, you know, how do we do that? How is that even possible? Like, their bellies are out here. What do you want me to do? But we actually use pregnancy pillows. So they're specialized pillows that you will lay on your back at some, or you're on your face um, back up at some point, but you use a pregnancy pillow. So it has a big cutout, and you lay into it. Um, and then some tables are even equipped where they have a dropout piece where the piece in the middle will actually drop down and then you put the pillow there to make it all comfortable and um, yeah. adequate for. Nice. So there is like a hole. I just know that when I go get a massage, I put my boobs mm -hmm. in some like special pillow because they hurt and they're <laughs> right. so yeah, big. There's lots of different, different <laughs> tools to use for that for sure. Nice. Okay. Well, that makes sense. Absolutely. Um, and then after the baby's born, can you treat infants right away? You can. So I check babies for misalignment. Um, you know, with kids, a lot of people ask why the kids even need chiropractic care because you kind of think of it as just like a pain management type care. But really what we're doing is more looking for neurological interference from misalignments of the spine. And with babies, birth's traumatic. I mean, especially, like, you know that from a lot of different stories you hear about birth, especially if you have a C-section, there's a lot of pressure um, force that's used sometimes to get babies from the birth canal, help the mom out in delivery, yeah. but that's a lot of pressure on the head and neck. So a lot of times um, it's good just to have babies checked. And you know, I don't like to put percentages on it, but sometimes or half the time I'll check a baby and they're fine. They're in alignment. There's not really any issues and that's great. And I give them back and say, oh, that's wonderful. They're in alignment. They're doing well. They're thriving. But then there's the other 50% of the time where you'll find the misalignment and that can um, really improve the baby's 
if they're gonna have colic, if they're gonna have um, allergies, they're gonna have reflux. That can really um, keep them from having neurological disorders as they develop and grow. Oh. So it's kind of a whole you know, care system from conception all the way to delivery and then making sure they have a healthy lifestyle going forward. They're so tiny. I know. I actually use, this is interesting, my pinky to adjust infants. And it's no more pressure than you would use if you were to dimple a tomato is what we do for infants. So it's pretty cool. Wow, that is cool. And then how often would you see a baby, I guess, or child? That's what's awesome about kids is kids respond like so well at care because they don't have the mileage that like our bodies have as we get older. Um, so really, you know, you can check them. I usually check them within hopefully a few weeks after birth, just check them, make sure they're doing okay. If they have to be adjusted, then maybe in a few weeks, make sure they responded well. And then after that, you know, for kids, it could be every month, it could be every few months that kind of becomes up to the parents. If they, you know, the, the child falls, hits their head, has something that they think, Oh, that might've created some kind of misalignment um, or imbalance in their bodies. Let's just go get them checked. So with kids, you don't have to see them that often because they respond so well and they heal really quickly. What would be the symptoms of a baby that you would suggest that they go to a chiropractor? Um, A lot of times things that we will work with with children are things like colicky babies. If the baby's just unconsolable, always fussy. Babies tell you what's wrong by crying and they don't have any other way of telling you. So if they're well-fed, they don't need to be changed. All of the other, their needs are met. A lot of times that could be an issue is they have um, some pain going on or neurologically they're just frustrated because their body's not really functioning well. Um, So that is a big sign that there might be something that needs to be checked or adjusted or aligned. Then also constipation. I actually just had um, a baby, the friend of mine brought her uh, son in and he had not pooped for three days, which is not normal um, for little ones. He was about a year old. So we adjusted a few things, checked his atlas, which is the top one in the spine where a lot of your cranial nerves are housed. And then we checked his pelvis and sacrum. Um, which is where the sacral nerves exit and those things go to things like the bladder bowels. And within four hours, she had told me that he had actually gone to the bathroom. So I always joke with moms and say, bring diapers <laughs> with you and babies get adjusted <laughs> yeah. because we'll be changing them afterwards. Um, so yeah, that, that's just an example of, of what we do with kids for sure. If somebody's looking for a chiropractor, what would you say that they, what questions should they ask other than the Webster? Sort of yeah. Well, if you're wanting to take your kids in to be seen, um, I would always ask if the chiropractor is involved with the ICPA. So that's the International Chiropractic Pediatric Association. Um, And that is really our national organization that does or supplies the continuing education for chiropractors to be more qualified to work with kids Um, because it's a completely different style of care than traditional chiropractic. So you always just want to make sure that the the chiropractor you're going to has the credentials to be seeing that demographic. So definitely ICPA um, certified in Webster's, but also involved with them to know that they're good with the pediatric population. That would be my biggest thing. Um, But also (laughs) the thing that I find funny about just like the chiropractic profession is unfortunately there are 
good and bad doctors, just in every profession. There's going to be people that are good at what they do, and there's going to be people that aren't. <laughs> but for whatever reason, when someone goes to a chiropractor that they don't really necessarily jive with, or they weren't really the best, then it's chiropractic that doesn't work, or I don't like chiropractic in general, which is, you know, kind of a disservice to the profession because you might have just seen a really bad chiropractor yeah. <laughs> you know what they were doing. And, and that happens, you know, that there's that in every profession. Um, asking those questions, like you said, making sure to get that information know that the provider you're seeing is qualified to deal with the things that you're going to them for, that would be the biggest thing to do. Are there any other services other than adjustments that would be beneficial to go as well? Do y'all do like, actually, I don't know what you do other than (laughs) (laughs) adjustments because that's all I've ever gone for. No, exactly. Um, A lot of people don't uh, understand what all chiropractors are able to do. I actually dealing with pregnant women or preparing natal care, I um, order blood work. I and assess people's nutritional levels, make sure they don't have nutritional deficiencies. If they're trying to get pregnant, um, test for heavy metal toxicity, which can um, create problems with fertility. So there are a lot of things that chiropractors do, can do, or qualified to do that most people don't know about. So yeah, it's, it's great to get those questions because then it's an opportunity for education so people know what's out there for them and yeah. that they can, they can get help with these things in a different, more holistic way. You know, there's nothing wrong with, you know, doing things the more medical mainstream way. There's nothing wrong with medications, but some people prefer to do things more holistically. Um, Some people don't necessarily like to take medications and that's okay. I never tell someone what to do. I just give people information and then they're able to make a more informed decision from that information. Yeah. I like that. Do you test food sensitivities and levels and things like that and hormones and things that I don't ever get like I had to request to get a vitamin D test at my primary oh, right. and I'm like, why is it not the standard? Cause of all my autoimmune issues. I'm like, I wonder if I could figure this all out with right. food sensitivities. And vi- I mean, my vitamin D was normal levels. Like, I don't, you know what a normal vitamin D level is? Mm-hmm. Mine was 17. Oh, so, and my it's- gosh. Do you say that? <laughs> I know. I know. That's like so deficient. How so- are you functioning? <laughs> Girl, I live in Minnesota. All it does is snow. It's dark here. But I was looking at my history, which is really interesting because they now on my chart have a graph mm-hmm. and it goes all the way back from any vitamin D test I ever requested that I requested. It's never a standard test in a physical or anything. But right. when COVID hit, I was like, I want to check my vitamin D levels and just make mm-hmm. sure that like I'm healthy. And then it was 17. So I was like, crap, that's not good. So <laughs> I was taking a supplement and then I asked my hematologist to test it again and it's at 22. So it's getting better. It's still not good though. Now I'm on 50,000 IUs a week. Oh, good. <laughs> like, that, is, yeah. that is good. <laughs> but I, and I did that once before because I remember my OB when I first moved to Minnesota she put me on the prescription vitamin D and I felt amazing. Yeah. That stuff is magical. I was like, <laughs> I feel high. I feel good. <laughs> this and is what people who live in the sun feel like. I, I asked her again. I was like, hey, you think I could get some more of that vitamin D? And she's like, <laughs> your dealer for some yeah. D. She's like, yo, you can just take a supplement. And I'm like, no, but I want the good, good stuff. I want the good stuff. Give me that good, good. I need but that. Good. I never have had normal vitamin D levels ever. 
in my history. All this time, I wonder if that could have had something to do with my autoimmune issues. Absolutely. All of these things, my energy, I think it goes back to 2012. See, that's some some other things that I would dive into. You know, if if you're taking D and you're taking a lot of vitamin D, but you're just not, your levels just aren't getting where you want it to be, then I'd worry about, you know, absorption of those nutrients because there's a lot that goes into being able to absorb certain nutrients from your food, being able to synthesize certain vitamins into hormones. So vitamin D is actually a hormone. It's so important in your body. Um, it, the active form of vitamin D is a hormone. Um, so it's super important for a lot of different things, fertility, immunity, immune system. Mm-hmm. Um, so then it'd be like looking into, do you have any other malabsorption issues? Um, leaky gut, are, are there, issues that are going on with the gut bacteria that aren't allowing you to break things down properly and then absorb it and get it where it needs to go in the body to continue that physiological process. Um, So yeah, there can be so many things that can be involved in that, but it's definitely something that can be a huge deal and wreak havoc for you and and people. And I'll tell a personal story if that's okay. Yeah, of course. Especially with vitamin D. Um, so I was fresh out of chiropractic school. Uh, this was a while ago. I was so excited, you know, ready to practice. And, and you go from chiropractic school is demanding. I mean, it's a doctorate program. We're in classes all day, clinicals all day, but I lived in Florida. So I had a, well, I was in school, so I had some time, you know, to be out in the sun to get the adequate vitamin D. Well, when I started full-time practice, I was really busy. I was trying to just be a workhorse. I was just starting out and, um, about six months in, to working, I all of a sudden just started having these horrific abdominal cramps around my menstrual cycle. Mm -hmm. And so bad, I couldn't go into work. I mean, my job is physical. I have to be able to move around, stand, do things all day. And I was cramping so horribly that I could not work. I couldn't even barely stand sometimes. It was so painful. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was horrible, but it came out of nowhere. I mean, this is not a normal for me. I really never had um, PMS cramping before. I mean, have typical symptoms like Mm -hmm. bloating that, but not these horrific cramps. So all of a sudden I start getting worried because it came out of note so acute and different. I was like, oh no, is this a cyst? You know, I was immediately the doctor in me is going to all the horrible things. The very endometriosis or, you know, it's gotta be something horrible has happened and gone awry. So, you know, I won't get too much into this because it's a whole nother conversation itself, but I had gotten off birth control a while back just because of certain um, things that I just didn't want as far as my own body and birth control. And I was married, just gotten married at this point. So I just didn't want to be on it. Um, And so when I started having these issues, I was like, all right, I'm going to have to go get this checked out. I don't know what's going on. And I knew going into um, the gynecologist, they were going to want me to just get on birth control because that's typically just the end all be all treatment for anything PMS. But that's not really what I wanted because I knew it wasn't a birth control issue. It was a what's wrong in my body issue at this point because it has happened so rapidly. Um, so I go, the whole issue is get on birth control. Birth control will solve all your problems. You need to be on birth control. And it became this dialogue of, well, it's not really even a dialogue because I don't think I was being heard. It was just one-sided. You're not on birth control. So it's your fault. And I was like, oh, all right, I'm going to have to figure this out for myself because I could just innately know something was wrong in my own body that was causing this and something yeah. happened. So I just, I made sure that they, I got an ultrasound because I wanted that to rule out the most um, severe possibilities. So no cysts, no endometriosis, none of that. So then I was like, all right, I'm going to do some blood work. I'm going to test my hormones. I'm going to have to get to the root cause of what's really going on. Can you do and your own blood work? 
Uh, no, I had a doctor that was actually, I was working with at the time. I had her order it for me. I yeah. wish I could. It'd be if like, I were a doctor, I would be yeah. like, take, giving myself all the blood. I'd be testing everything constantly. The hypochondriacs are us up in here. You would be so dangerous. <laughs> hey, my husband's a hypochondriac and he uses me being a doctor to his advantage, but that's again, a whole other problem. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Ricky's lucky that he's not a doctor. I would be like, yeah, I would make yeah. him bonkers. So finally I didn't, I got blood work ordered. I checked all my levels of everything and uh, come to find out I was vitamin D deficient. Um, and mine was pretty severe. I was not, it was not 17 but it was <laughs> within deficiency category. And it was remarkable. I just started taking, um, 2000. I, well, I actually bumped it up to 5,000. I use every day for about three to four weeks. Um, and then tapered off after that. But within a month, my next period, zero pain. I mean, it wow. went from rolling around on the floor, my husband thinking he was going to have to drive me to the hospital to zero pain the next month with just vitamin D supplementation. So wow. it's, huge. it's huge. And I, if I didn't know any better, like, that's why I love what I do because, and then this platform to like tell women what's out there, because if I didn't know about how the body works and then there could be certain imbalances going on and, and to think forwardly enough to just check everything before just giving up and, and taking a pill that I didn't necessarily need yeah. that wasn't going to fix the real problem, which was vitamin D deficiency, I would have felt hopeless. Like I did. I even to an extent did feel a little hopeless. Like, well, they don't know what's wrong. They don't really want to figure out what's wrong. It's not serious. It's not a cyst. It's nothing life threatening. And you get to this point where like, am I going to have to live with this for the rest of my life? Like I, I can't, I can't function like that. But then, you know, to figure out with something as simple as vitamin D, <laughs> a know, supplement I that I can take. It you is know, mind blowing to me that I had to request that right. because I didn't right. realize until I was much older that that's not part of standard testing was right. vitamin levels and things yeah. like that. So it uh i do notice uh, i mean it is 50,000 i use so i mean <laughs> so i do notice a difference in it yeah but i do need to figure out why my levels aren't staying up cuz even when i took the prescription last time they weren't normal but i didn't know that right so all these things could be going on i went off this biologic medication so bad i can't even stand it so i've been doing yeah. nothing but researching like how i can reverse an autoimmune disease that I've had since I was five. Right. And I really think it came from dairy because, you know, back then I, mean, I am no spring chicken. It was the whole like milk campaign, milk does a body good, blah, 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 blah. So you have to drink a glass of milk every day. And my mom doesn't know any better, right. you know, where everyone's just drinking milk. I hated milk, but she, mm -hmm. we would have to drink our milk. <laughs> and I remember going through all my old baby books and stuff and finding like old doctor, like my immunization records and doctor's records. And it said that I was allergic to milk. Oh my gosh. Like an actual allergy yeah. was milk. And yeah. I'm like, well, why was I drinking milk? Exactly. <laughs> like, no wonder I have psoriasis, you know, yeah. like yeah. And now I don't feel like there's no hives or anything mm -hmm. like, you know, crazy allergy. It's right. probably more of an intolerance and yeah. something that my body doesn't like because mm -hmm. I do get sick when I drink it. But I'm like, mm -hmm. all this time I could have avoided milk and not have been sick. Exactly. I, I mean, fun fact, we're like the only mammals that still drink milk yeah. after we're done with development as babies. <laughs> like animals are even like, why, why would we drink milk? <laughs> like we're <laughs> 
<laughs> but for some reason, as humans, we're like, oh, we need milk. Oh, yeah. I know. And I quit doing whole milk, felt so much better. When I do it to myself, like if I eat whole like ice cream because it has mm-hmm. whole milk in it, I will immediately get sick. Yeah. And I think that my daughter's like that too because when she was a baby, she would scream and scream and scream. And right. so finally a doctor was like, let's try to go off the dairy, like the formula that has de- dairy in it. It's mm-hmm. nutriamogen, which is crazy expensive. But I was like, yeah, let's do it. And then she was fine. She was the happiest yeah. kid ever in the whole world. And even now she doesn't drink cold milk. Like cheese is fine for her. But mm-hmm. if she has ice cream or something, forget it. She has a tummy oh, ache. Nice. She's upset. And so it's just causing inflammation for her yeah. too. Absolutely. So we don't, we try to, we do dairy-free ice cream now and it's awesome. And try to keep it as dairy-free as we can. But yeah, I mean, talking about you being autoimmune, but it, it could just be that hypersensitivity, that hyperimmune reaction that happened every time you have dairy. And then it produces all of those different immunological molecules that are going to start attacking your own body. And it just creates all of that inflammation, like you're saying, which can cause all of those autoimmune symptoms. So it could be as simple as that. It could be that having that food sensitivity, the digestion is something that could use a little bit of, of work. And once um, the digestion, the gut bacteria was actually a little more healthy, you would be able to absorb nutrients better and maybe not have to take 50,000. <laughs> what is a normal uh, like, bl- like vitamin D level? You want to be, I usually say around 40 to 50 would be oh. the right, you know, amount to, to be in a healthy range. Oh yeah. That's what I'm way down there. Yeah. 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 But that's okay. But it's, now I know to work on it, you know, it's better than 17. I'm at 22 now. Hold up. I'm, All right. I'm getting there. I'll test it again in eight weeks because I'm like, I don't want COVID because I've been reading all the studies that like low vitamin D is not good if you get COVID. Right. Absolutely. And and that's the other big thing is is research and science shows how important nutrition is to everything. We just, it doesn't get a big space in the conversation for whatever reason. Um, But it's so important. And literally every study that's been done so far has shown that the people who were affected really negatively and in the unfortunate cases, death was, was what resulted all had vitamin D deficiency. Literally like studies never do that where it's almost like 90% correlation. Um, But that's what the studies are showing, which is crazy. We should be using this information. I feel like like running with this, Um, but it's still not being talked about that much, unfortunately. I know I fall down rabbit holes and I start Googling and looking up everything. I'm like, okay, doctor. I, I mean, I have like a couple cool doctors that are like, okay, we'll run these specific unnecessary tests that he wants <laughs> like they humor me <laughs> oh, here she goes again <laughs> and one of my doctors was like do you know that we're gonna start charging a googling fee yes. <laughs> your appointment is way longer than it needs to be because I come with like I just had one the other day I was like this is a rare effect that my embryo causes here's a whole document and news story and studies on a a rare side effect that the COVID-19 vaccine causes, like put them together, then what happens? (laughs) We're like, oh my God. I will say as a doctor, I do have PTSD about Dr. Google. Like when patients come in and it's like (laughs) Dr. Google vomit all over you about everything that Google says, I'm like, oh dear. I know. I call my my poor primary. I am switching primaries though. And it's not really his, I mean, it could be his fault or it's my fault. I'm not sure. But I am switching because I just, 
like I asked the other day for the first time, my creatinine was really low and it's never Mm -hmm. been low. It's been high when I had a baby and I had kidney failure. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's ever been under normal. And so of course I Google it and it's like liver disease, (laughs) blah, blah, blah. And so I schedule, I go see him because I'm like, of course he's going to want to run a liver panel. All the things. And I'm like, my creatinine's really low, and I should show them the graph. I printed out the graphs. I was like, it's oh, you didn't <laughs> yes, did. come with graphs. Oh, girl, I <laughs> graphs. And I was like, oh no. I was like, here's my graph of my creatinine. And as you can see, back in 2013, <laughs> I was like, here's where I had the baby went up. I'm on a seminar about creatinine. <laughs> I know. And he's like, your creatinine's fine. It's fine. I go, are you sure I don't have liver disease? And he's like, I'm sure. I'm like, I'm not satisfied with this answer, sir. <laughs> There's something my wrong. Clearly states. <laughs> yes, my graph says that my creatinine is below normal. It's red. That means something. Don't like red. Red is bad. You know, that is the thing though, is with patient care, I always make sure to listen to, because a lot of times patients will tell you exactly what's wrong with them. If you just give them the time to explain what they're feeling and really like listen to what they have to say, sometimes just listening is healing in itself. Yeah, just look at my damn graphs. <laughs> We're going to the graphs. <laughs> look at my graphs and then tell me it's okay. <laughs> That's it. He didn't even want to see my graphs. Yes. He's like, oh, Jesus, this lady again. <laughs> That's so hilarious. <laughs> but it's just, it's just a point of trying to find root causes. And sometimes, you know, with the adjustments, a lot of people just think of it as like cracking bones or popping people's backs. But it really has nothing to do necessarily with the bones themselves. It's, it's aligning the spine so they're no longer putting pressure on nerves. So it's really we're trying to affect the nervous system, which is – literally facilitates the function of your entire body. Um, so sometimes it could be as simple as neurological interference and, and pressure on nerves and your, in your nervous system and releasing that pressure, allowing your body and your nervous system to function better, allowing your brain to like talk with the rest of your body can have vast, vast changes and significant improvements to people's bodies in general. Um, so it, it's really about finding what is actually causing things and not so much just chasing symptoms. Um, so I, I just do think chiropractors do a good job of that is it, looking for underlying reasons for certain symptoms. How do you know that the vitamins are the best kind of vitamins? That's another whole topic in and of itself, but a very good question. Um, so it's just like, even when you go to the grocery store, making sure to read labels yeah. because labels are super important. And like all marketing, going back to what we talked about with the milk, everyone needs to drink milk. Um, labels can even get really creative <laughs> with what they put um, is or isn't in what you're buying. So natural flavors <laughs> or natural flavoring, um, if you look that up, because you can, you do have access to this information. Natural flavors can actually be a host of hundreds of thousands of different things. And most of them are not natural. <laughs> most of them are <laughs> chemical. So it, they just were approved to fall under the natural flavors label. So as long as it falls under that, they don't have to list. So it's this. not actual strawberries and strawberry flavored gummy. No, probably not. I know. It's always like the worst conversation. And I even hate it because I get frustrated because I'm going to the store and I'm like, I can't buy anything. I literally can't buy anything. <laughs> All of this is garbage. My husband will be like, 
Amanda, eventually you're just going to have to get, get it. (laughs) We're going to have to have groceries in the house. He's like, you're starving me woman. (laughs) But yeah, it's a point of look, just looking at the ingredients, what's in it, because it's not the same. And, and the age old tale of you get what you pay for is a very real thing. Um, a cool experiment. This is just a fun fact. You know, the tablet vitamins, um, not the gummies, but just the hard, big, like multivitamins. If you take a bunch of different brands, if you want to see how clean they actually are, bake them. And after you bake them, ones that are clean and all real natural ingredients will be a nice golden brown because they're baked now, right? Mm -hmm. The ones that aren't, you're going to have like tar looking stuff coming out of them. You'll, they're disgusting. Like you can see black stuff. They'll turn black. They'll turn weird colors. Um, and that's because they have either like metals, chemicals, things that aren't actual natural in them. So it's a fun experiment to do with kids. Yeah. If you want to see what vitamins are, bake them and see what happens. Cause they should turn a golden brown. And that's not with like the gel capsules. That's just no, the hard, the hard, the yeah. hard, real thick, Tablets. big ones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, in order to do the experiment, you have to buy, buy a bunch of vitamins. Wow. Yeah. I'm going to go home and bake all my vitamins this weekend. Yeah, <laughs> Ricky's going to be like, what the hell are you doing? I'm like, send me a picture. I would I will. <laughs> I'm like baking my vitamins. <laughs> well, this is fun and very educational. I appreciate yeah, it. Absolutely. It was, it's very different from the different stories that we've been able to tell so far in the podcast. So I think this will be a very helpful one for people. To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the sleep number bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, My sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Plus, special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number, the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details.